go. Down to the last 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and a happy 1979! Nineteen seventy nine. A year of change and the end of a decade drawing near. A year where various aspects of high culture and pop culture reach their respective peaks and declines. A year that would bring about high prices and global tensions. Proof that some things never change. A year where you could be wearing boogie shoes one minute and then jeans and cowboy boots the next, followed by those same jeans getting ripped holes in them which would go well with a leather jacket, select piercings, and avant-garde haircuts. And also, a year that some bald guy named Billy would eventually sing about in the 1990s. But while we don't even care to shake these zipper blues, and we don't know just where our bones will rest, to dust, I guess... 1979 was one of those years where, for every piece of bad news that was out there, television was still there to comfort a weary audience. From ABC, who was riding high as the most watched network among the big three, to CBS, who despite having a chunk of shows in the top ten that year, was still being viewed as an underdog, to NBC, who even though they had their troubles by then, still felt like they had something to be proud about. But in order to understand just how and why this one year of television is worthy of our attention, we must first take a trip one year backwards to a fateful day in January of 1978. Before we start the news tonight, we at Weekend Update would like to take this opportunity to welcome Mr. Fred Silverman, the new president of NBC. As you know, Mr. Silverman was the programming whiz at ABC, and he has vowed to try to elevate NBC's rating in the same manner that he did in his previous job. We wish him luck. You know him. You love him. You may also love to hate him. But yes... Our patron saint, Fred Silverman, plays somewhere between a pivotal to a secondary to an almost background player role, not just in this story, but the next few that lie ahead. Already armed with success at two TV networks, it was his hiring at NBC as network president in 1978 that started a rather unusual domino effect that would involve all three broadcast networks. CBS and ABC already knew what Silverman was capable of, and for him to jump to the third remaining network to see if he could duplicate the process left the other two networks shaking in their boots. And sure, we already know about what Silverman did during his time at NBC, but once again, there's a flip side to the coin. Realizing what he was capable of at the time, the other two networks went on a pilot season binge of sorts to help them prepare for what they thought was to come. In short, CBS and ABC tried to beat Silverman at his own game by programming the same kind of shows that he used to do with the other networks. Shows that appealed to broad audiences, while, at the same time, cater to the lowest common denominator. And while that notion worked for most of the 70s, the fact that all three of the broadcast networks tried to simultaneously fight fire with fire could only mean one thing too much of a good thing. 
the peak of which wound up taking place one year after Silverman took on the NBC job. For it was 1979 when somewhere north of 40 different primetime TV shows premiered between the three networks from January to December. And remember, cable TV didn't become a monolith yet. And while a small number of these shows would wind up with a second season or more, a large chunk of them would become victims of what we call the three C's. They were crass, contrived, and in many cases, copycats of existing successes. For the next three weeks, we're going to be taking a look at some of the shows that premiered and inevitably got the axe during the one year of television where things seemed to spin out of control in terms of quality for some, ratings for others, and the overall sense of sameness between all parties involved. So join us on October 2nd for the first of our channel surfing theme months this season. This month, the Rex of 79.